we're going to go back to the book of Romans. But I want, I want you to please listen today because this is a lot of work. All right. And I want to make sure I do my best to give you all that God has given me for you. Amen. The word of God is your inheritance. Say that with me. The word of God, the word of God. is my inheritance. Now, let's go to the book of Habakkuk. And I said, Habakkuk, if you find Daniel come forward, you get to Habakkuk. Find Daniel and come forward. You got about six books. And if you can't do it that way, find Matthew, go, go backwards. Habakkuk. All right, we're going to look at Habakkuk and we're going to look at chapter two. Habakkuk had already prayed because he was in a situation like we are. And you see people who getting away with everything seem like uh, seem like no justice in the land. And then God showed them how we going to live in our day. So that's what we want to do. Habakkuk chapter number two. And we want to look at uh, verse one through four when you get there. All right. Habakkuk chapter two. We're going to come to this scam on the side. Verse 1 through 4. I will stand upon my watch. Now Habakkuk was waiting for a word from the Lord. He said, I will stand upon my watch. I will set me up on, my, up on the tower. He was a watchman, see? At that time, that's where they were. They were way up in the air watching. And he said, I would, wa- I would watch to see what, I, what, what the Lord would say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And then it says, and then I got a word from the Lord. And the Lord said to me, write the vision. See, make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Now, I gave you last week tape. You need to get that because it's called heavenly vision. Acts 26 and 19. Heavenly vision. Because the vision that Paul got, heavenly vision means God spoke to Paul from heaven. Now, it's an awesome thing. The people died in the old covenant who God spoke to them from earth. God came down to the mountain and spoke to Israel. Now, that's why the Bible said, they didn't take heed, they died. Now God speaks to us from heaven. So that's why we must understand what God's words says and be obedient to the word. All right? Now, it don't mean we don't have to obey in the new covenant. We don't have to obey to be saved. But after you're saved, now you need to obey the word. All right. So when God said love, you, you, you love. Forgive, you forgive. It's, it's not an option, okay, when you're going to be a believer. All right. Now he said, write the vision, make it plain upon table that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now verse 4 is what I wanted. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. So, so God told Habakkuk the reason he's having problems with people, their soul is not right with God. But the just shall live by his faith. So otherwise, his faith is God's faith. Now, here's my point. If you are not the just, you're not going to be able to live by faith. Only the just can live by faith. To live by his faith. So we're going to talk about the just shall live by his faith. If you notice, it did say his faith. So what we want to do this morning, we want to go show you, first of all, is his faith. So let's go back to Galatia. We want to first show you that the faith you got is not your faith. It's his faith. God gave it to you. Matter of fact, I can show you that before I go to Galatia. Look at Romans 12 and verse 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. So we got to understand if I'm going to live, I got to live by his faith. I'm going to show you the faith you have. Is his faith. But first, let me show you that in Romans chapter 12 and verse number two. This is what you got to understand. This is what God gave you. See, if you're a born again believer, this is what he gave you. I'm going to show you two things he gave you. He gave you grace and he gave you faith. He gave you grace so you can accept, accept the faith. So you can operate in it. But the key is you got to keep coming to get the word. And that's what happened with people. They'll, they'll, they'll be here today, won't be here next Sunday. Now, you don't do your grocery like that. You don't do that when you eat your regular food. You eat every day. All right. Now, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Let's show it on the screen. It says, 
For I through the grace given unto me, Paul says, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God, or think soberly according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So what did God give you first? He gave you your measure of faith. Now, I taught that two weeks ago. So if you haven't, did not hear that, go get the storehouse and get that tape, all right, on faith. Because I taught you, uh, first of all, I taught you uh, how did you, I showed you God gave us abundant grace. Then I showed you how to get the faith because you need the faith to get the grace. And then after that, I taught you why do I need faith? So I told you why you need faith. Right here, you need faith to live because faith is God's life, God's righteousness. Those are the same words. So if you don't have God's faith, you don't have God's life, you don't have God's righteousness, and so you can't live. Now he's talking about you can't have spiritual life. So you got to have spiritual life before you get eternal life. See, there's four different life. There's life in the flesh. When God created man, he breathed his nostril, the breath of life, man became a living soul. Then there's life of the blood. Leviticus 17, 11. So you have to understand the life of the flesh is in the blood. So that's why you can give people blood and they'll have life. Or you can give people CPR. That's what I want. And you can give them their breath back. See? So, but then you can't, that's all you can do. But see, God can give you spiritual life. See, that's what Jesus came to give you. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. He's talking about spiritual life. Because once you got spiritual life, now you got another life you got to get. That's eternal life. So that's why I'm going to be teaching you this year vision, which I'm teaching you now. Then we're going to move from vision and we're going to go to the next thing. How many can remember from last week? I gave you five areas we're going to teach this year. We're going to go to justification. I'm just going to go on and give them to you. Uh, that's why I say you need to write them down. Like I said, when I give you things, I'm giving you what you got coming. So you, that's why you got to do it. Number two, I gave you justification. How many? Number three, sanctification. See, it's not just enough to be justified. That's what people do. They get justified and they think they're done. No. You got another order coming, and that's called sanctification. You got to learn how to live. And then after sanctification, then you got to know about your, your glorification. See, all of this is something I'm teaching you this year. Don't miss out on it. All right. Now, let's pick up where we just left off. Uh, Romans chapter 12, he gave you verse 3. God has dealt to every man. Put it on the screen again. We're going to go from there to Ephesians 4 and 7. Watch this. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So that's what he gave you. He gave you faith, Romans 5 and 2, so you can obtain the grace. You can operate in the grace. See, you're in a different dispensation. If you don't have faith, you can't operate in the dispensation of grace. Just like in the, in the old covenant, he gave them the law. They were getting ready to go into the land. God gave them a law at Mount Sinai. All right. Now let's go look at Ephesians 4 and 7. Ephesians 4 and 7. You got to know what God gave you. How can you pass on to your children what God gave you if you don't know what God gave you? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 7. When we get to the screen, we'll read it. Ephesians 4, 7. There it is. But unto every one of us, every one of us is given grace. So what did God give you first? Faith. What did he give you second? Grace. Right. He gave you faith, then he gave you grace. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. All right, so he gave everybody. But let's show you one more. That's 1 Corinthians. We're going to back up. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Why did God give you all this stuff? All of this is your inheritance. See, what we keep telling God is how bad it is. What we don't have. This ain't working. All right, all right, we got, but what are we doing with what he gave us? See, it's an awesome thing. You can't, in Christ, you can't, you can't go by how I used to live. I used to, I mean, I used to, that ain't no good. You got people sit around, sit around the store and tell you how I used to be. 
Then they turn around and say, give me a dollar. You know about that group, right? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what grace and faith is for? In verse number 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, told you what is for. Not only gave it to you, but what was it for? Here it is. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man for what reason? To profit. How many know what means to profit? To gain. To get more than you have now. Well, if you don't have any more this year than you had last year, you haven't profited. So what you've been doing? See, the key is that's why I'm going to do a teaching called Work Out Your Salvation. You don't have to work to be saved, but you got faith, you got faith, and you got grace. You got to work, that, work out your salvation. God gave you faith and gave you grace. Verse number 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, once again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. And then he told him what he gave it. To one is given the, the word of wisdom. To another he gave the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another he gave faith. There just the other again. By the same Spirit. Another he gave the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another the work of the miracles. See, God, God gave everybody these gifts. Now, everybody do not have all these operating in their life, but you do have the grace, which is manifestation of gift is called grace. So when you see somebody receive a miracle from God, that's God's grace. See, this morning, I'm going to say probably about two o'clock, I was in prayer. Uh, one, I'm going to say one from the two, I don't know what time it was, because I, I had to get back up for real at four. But when I, when I get up earlier, I go and do my prayer then. When I get back in the bed, sleep to four. But I pray for you. And see, the key is I have a list. Because a lot of people I know go through, going through a lot of things, and they'll say, Pastor, pray for me. Now, that's not just a pastor's job. God gave you faith, and he gave you grace. See, what you got to understand, what are you believing God for? You need to be praying for somebody else to receive what they believe in God for. That's how it works. You know what I mean? We just can't say, God, I'm, 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 I don't forget, I'm still waiting for you. To... Why are you waiting? Pray for somebody else. All right, praise the Lord. All right. And you don't have to go tell nobody and boast. That's between you and the Lord. All right. With that all in mind, I want to get into our, the word of God today. Uh, I told you Habakkuk 2, verse 1 through 4, to just share a little by, four, by faith. Now, let me show you how many times God said this. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. See, God say things a lot because he want to make sure you can't say, oh, I didn't know that was in there. Romans chapter 1. He just showed you in Habakkuk that just shall live by his faith. But here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. Let's start at verse 15, 16, 17. Let's read three verses. So much as enemy is, Paul says, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And then it said, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's two times, isn't it? Somebody said, yeah. yeah. Some, I heard somebody say, yeah, praise the Lord. All right, we, we, get, we pick them up as we go. We get a yay here and a yay there. All right. Now let's go over to uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. So if you read Roman, you'll find it. Habakkuk, you'll find it. Galatia, you'll find it. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. See, God keeps saying this. Wonder why God keeps saying this over and over and over, telling you how you're going to live. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 11. That's what we're waiting on. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 11. It says, but that no man is justified by the works of the law in the sight of God. Now, see, people don't take that light. Well, what's the works of the law? Baptism. You got baptism through John the Baptist. You know it had to be a work under the law. Circumcision, foot washing, eating the bread off the table. I never forget when God showed me. I mean, I, I, I laugh about it this morning because it's something when God showed me how ignorant I was. And you read John chapter 6, and God said to the people of Israel, 
You, your father ate bread in the wilderness, manna, and they died. See, you people trying to do the same thing today. They want to eat the bread off the table and live. You're going to die. You don't get life from bread on the table. And Jesus said this, but I come to give you life. Well, and he says, I gave you the living bread. The living bread came down from heaven. And then he turned around and said, I am the bread of life. And yet people want the bread on the table. They don't want the word. Write down a verse. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. We go there next. And then after that, you want to write down another verse. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. See, we playing around with God, and then we're telling God about all our problems. Huh. All our problems. Because hmm. God said, and the word, the word said, take it to the Lord of God, take it to the Lord in prayer. Oh, yeah, he did. But he also told you to do something. I'm talking about for living for him. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. All right. Now, in Galatia, what I said, I'm going chapter 3, verse 11. I just did that. The just shall live by his faith. But let's show you his faith while we're there. Where else I say I'm going after that? Deuteronomy, right? But let's, 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 finish, let's finish this Galatia first. Because Galatia told us something. In Galatia chapter number 2, told us his faith. So let's go and show you that verse 16 and verse 20. He's going to show you his faith. His faith. So let's look at that. His faith. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16 is what I'm waiting on. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Shows you that is his faith. I told you this morning, I'm going to show you in the word that it's not your sin that keeps you from God. They keep you from heaven. I'm waiting on the scripture. Galatians chapter 3 and verse, no, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. There we go. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by, uh, by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. See, when God gave you his faith, he gave you his faith to justify you. I'm going to show you Abraham today in, in, in the book of Romans chapter 4 like you've never seen before in your life. See, God already confirmed his word. All right. Now, let's show you another one. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, while you're there. You're already there? Just go down to verse 20. Galatians chapter 4, Galatians chapter number 2 and verse 20. Watch what Paul says. I am crucified with Christ. Now, he's talking about dying. I died with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, Paul says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. How did he live? By the faith of the Son of God. Listen, this is not a game. If you don't learn to live by the word, then you're not living. The faith of the Son of God is the new covenant. It's his word. Now, let me show you, let me show you what Jeremiah says, we go to Deuteronomy 2, uh, but let's do Jeremiah. We got to go back by there. Let's go to Jeremiah 15, 16. The book of Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. All right, there it is on the screen. I'm going to come to this camera. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Watch what the word of God says. This is what Jeremiah says. Thy words were found. See, you don't have no excuse. Like I said before, you sit up watching all my children, days of our lives, and somebody else's hospital. Oh, you don't even know how to find Jeremiah. What Jeremiah is? See, that's what I'm saying. You can be sitting around learning the Bible. All of our children in our children church, that's one of the things they learned that came out, all the books of the Bible. Isn't that something? You know, I, my, my son, I'm going to say this, uh, I'm not going away, but my son, uh, my wife will tell you this, he has a little daughter named Eden, and she's two years old. He gave her her own cell phone, and he already got it. Am I lying, honey? You, are you listening? I don't know who phoned it here. It don't make no difference, but it's, she got her own cell phone. It doesn't make no difference who gave it to her. 
But the bottom line is it, he put the music he wanted her to play off of the thing, all the little baby songs and all this stuff that he would put on the phone. All the stuff he wanted her to hear. And then he put their phone number on it and mama phone number. Does she operate her own phone? Amazing at two years old. I said that for a reason. So we can't tell God we can't do something. All right. We got some young, young girls in here now. We waiting to get 13. They, we waiting for they to get 13. I already told them, soon you get 13, you're going to be on one of them cameras. So you can't say they can't do it. Because when you have problems with your phone finding something, who did you give it to? Your children or your grandchildren? That's why when they come in here, we're going to put them on this camera. We're going to teach them back there how to run that system. All right, here we go. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. You should have found that by now. All right. Thy word was found. You got to learn how to find the word. And then it says, and I did eat them. So he tell you what to do with the new. You have a new covenant. You got to find the word and eat the word. And then it says, and thy word was unto, my, unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. See, he had to find the word and eat the word. Now look at Deuteronomy. Why was that so important? Deuteronomy chapter 8. See, you're saying what, you're saying what, that's what I used to do, tell the Lord all my problems. And the Lord told me to preach the word. You got to spend more time in the word. See, we don't realize everything we got, it came from the word. In the beginning was the word. See, everything started with the word. Everything you have because of the word in your life. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. All the commandments which I command you this day. What is he telling Israel? Everything I told you to do, you got to observe to do it that you may what? Come on, I need some participation, okay? I really need your heart. All right. What did he tell them? Watch this. All the commandment which I command you this day shall you observe to do that you may what? Amen. See, people want to live, but they don't want the word. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear to your father. Everything you're going to get. You, God gave you inheritance. You can't get it if you don't know the word. Verse number two, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God had led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Why did he lead them like that? Number one, to honor thee. Number two, to prove thee. Number three, to know what was in your heart, whether you should keep the word or not. God said, I did all of that because I want to see what you're going to keep the word. And then in verse number three, somebody write down, I just heard another one. Psalm 119, verse 25, just write it down. I heard another, Psalm 119, verse 50. All right, verse number three. And watch what the Bible says he did to them. And he humbled thee. He allowed you to hunger. Wait a minute. And then he fed you with manna, which you know is not, neither did your father know. Why did you do all that to those people, Father? That they might know. That man does not live by bread only. Why, why did they go through some things in their life? Why did God allow this to happen? He was dealing with the heart to armor them. The proof was in their heart. Then he says, Watch, this is so awesome. He armored thee, suffered you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you know not. Neither did your father know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread only. Well, how do a man live, Father? But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. What the, what, when he gave Paul the word, didn't that come out of the mouth of the Lord? That's how you live, people. God gave you the word so you can live. See, you got people that sit at home, know they got problems, know that they ain't got no money. And they're going like, the Lord will make a way. You're right, he will. So, it's your will. As a matter of fact, he already made a way. As a matter of fact, he is the way. But we want, to, we want to stay at home and we want God to just fight our battles. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now let's move on. Psalm 119. Is that what I gave you next? All right. I thought I gave you something else. See, I gave you a list. Now in Psalm, in Psalm 119, you said something over here? Galatians 3.11. Okay. Now let's look at Psalm 119. In Psalm 119. Now, now, now Psalm 119, that's a psalm I need you to read. I gave you a little information on Psalm 119, but I need you to read one day, okay? Because in Psalm 119, it gives you the Hebrew alphabets. And in the Hebrew alphabet, I told you there are 22 Hebrew alphabets. This Psalm 119 is divided into sections. Eight verses at a time. After every eight verses, there's an alphabet. And when the end, you have gone over 176 verses. So if you divide eight into 176, you will tell me how many letters in the alphabet. Oh, you get it. Some of y'all going. I told you, first of all, how to do it, right? I said there are 22 letters. I gave you the answer already. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. I know y'all be playing with me, but I'm going to go ahead on. Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 25. Here we go. Psalm 119, verse 25. Watch what this man said. My soul cleaved to the dust. Quicken thy me according to thy word. That's what Jesus prayed, right? You remember, you remember what he went through? He said, my soul cleaved to the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. What does the word mean to quicken? Yeah, make a lot. So everywhere, what does the word do? It makes a lot. It quickens, right? How many know in, in 1 Corinthians 15, you can find this for me, right? But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said that Christ is a quickening spirit. So what happened when God put Christ in you? He made your soul alive. Come on now. When God put Christ in you, he did what? He made your soul alive. The spirit of God comes in you to quicken your soul. All right. So here it is in verse 50, uh, Psalm 119. And verse 50. I could go on and on over here, but I'm not. Psalm 119 and verse 50. This is my comfort in my afflictions. Thy word has quickened me. So all the way, all the way, it, he's, all the way through the book of Psalms, especially Psalm 119, it is filled with what the word did. All right. Now, I told you this morning, Solomon, uh, let's go to that on the way home here. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes. I'm sorry, Songs of Solomon, not Ecclesiastes. Songs of Solomon. You got Proverbs, you got Ecclesiastes, you got the Songs of Solomon. Let's go to the Songs of Solomon, chapter 3. Now, I want to show you this. This is going to my message. I'm also going to give you, uh, I'm going to show you what, about Abraham. I'm going to give you the revelation of Abraham. That's what I'm going to give you today. Songs of Solomon, chapter 3, on the screen. It says in verse 1, By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Now, that's how he started out. But in verse 2 here, it says, I will rise now. So he was looking for God, but he couldn't find him. He says, and, and I'm going to go about the cities and the streets and in the broad places. Broad places, that's where he messed up. You're not going to find him in the broad way. All right. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Over and over again, he was looking for God, but he couldn't find him. I know why God put this church here. So people can find the Lord. I know why. And then verse number three, the watchman, which were angels that goes about the city, found me. To whom I said to the, to the watchman, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Talking about the Lord. And then it says, it, was, it wasn't long, but it was but a little that I passed from there. And then I said, but I found him. Whom my soul loveth. So, so that's my prayer for you. That you'll find him, if you have not, whom your soul loveth. Whom my soul loveth. 
So you can say, well, the Lord will find me. He already know who I am. Yeah, he does. But do you know where he is? All right. And he says, this is what's going to happen. It was, it was a little space passed by, and I found him whom my soul loveth. And then it says, I held him and would not let him go. And that's what you got to do with the word. When you find the word, but hold on to the word and don't let it go. And the next thing, he said, I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to let go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chambers of her that conceived me. He says, I'm a, he, he going back to me. He going back with me. And so that's what you got to understand. He said, I'm going back to, 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 to where I was born. Because that's what happened. You got to find the word. You got to make sure you found the word. You got to make sure you found the Lord. Got to make sure the Lord lives in you. This is not a game. If, you, if the Lord do not live in you, you do not have his faith. You do not have his righteousness. You not, do not have his life. That's what you got to understand. And you don't know how long you have. It hurts me when I watch television and here it is. They had an earthquake. Now, most of us that's living here, we don't know what happened. But them people got nearly 22,000 people dead, y'all. And they still counting. And all they had was an incident that happened one day in an earthquake. And, and the building began to collapse on all the people. 22,000 people? I'm telling you, man, this, see, we, 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 we got to understand this is real. That was in Turkey, Syria, in that area. But it can be anywhere. The key is you don't know what tomorrow going to have, but you at least you ought to have what you need to take care of tomorrow, and that's your faith. You better make sure you got your faith in your God. We, and we talk about the true God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now. What we want to do now is, 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 is write this down. I, I want to give you, I got to get it going. Now, I showed you this morning, either you are a slave to sin or you're, that word slave means servant. Either you're serving sin or you're serving God. We're going to go show you that. Uh, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians, I mean, the book of Romans chapter 6. Do I have anything out there first? All right, Romans chapter 6, we're going to go there first. Because when you, when you, when you say, when you, when you have God's spirit, you were the servant of sin. You can't be still the servant of sin. You can't serve sin and still say I'm saved. You either servant of sin or you're servant of God. We're going to show you that. And I told you to write this down. How to get the new life in Christ. That's the first thing that Romans chapter 6 taught us in first 14 verses. How to get the new life in Christ. And the other thing in Romans chapter 6 verse 1 through 14 is how to know the power of sin is broken. See, if you got Christ in you, the power of sin is broken. We're going to look at that. And then we're going to go to, I told you to write down these things this morning. I gave you uh, uh, dead in sin. That was Ephesians 2.1. And that's the condition of a man not say he dead in sins and in trespasses. But then the next place a person got to go to is Romans chapter six. He got to become dead to sin. And then the next place after you're dead to sin, the next thing on your agenda is alive unto God. You can't be alive unto God and you're still dead in sin or you're still dead until you're dead to sin, you can't become alive to God. And the only way you can be dead to sin is by the body of Christ. You can't become, the only way you're going to be dead to sin is by the Holy Spirit. When God gives you the Spirit in you, that's when sin dies. So let's look at that in Romans chapter 6. I hope you read this chapter again and again and again. So you can begin to see what God is doing inside of you. The Bible says, God that worketh in me, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. But you got to know what he's doing. All right. Now, the first 14 verses, we're going we're to go fast. I'm going to come to this camera. And we're going to first show you got to be dead to sin. Now, you can read it when you get home, but I got to move on. 
Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The reason he's saying that because of, of the chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, which we read this morning. It says, do we sin because grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin? There it is. The Bible says you are what? You are dead to sin. How can you, if you're dead to sin, you can't live in, in sin no more. If you're dead to sin, you can't live in sin anymore. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Otherwise, we were buried into his death. Then in verse 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That's why people think water baptism is Savior. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about at the cross. And verse number 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, his death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If you are already in Christ, then where's the new life? You can't still have the old life and you in Christ. All right. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. How can you die with him, but you don't look nothing like him, you are alive? He's not talking about physical, look at you and say, oh, you look just like your daddy. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the spiritual virtues. Now you can walk in love, you can walk in the spirit. I mean, these are the kind of things, you can see the fruit of the spirit in your life now. Can anybody see any of that? You gotta, you gotta answer that question. All right, here it is. And verse number six, knowing this, that our old man, that's who I used to be, is crucified with Christ. Why did God allow it to happen? That the body of sin might be destroyed. So if the body of sin been destroyed, then why are you still serving sin? That's what Paul telling you. He said that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. See, and verse number seven, for he that is dead is freed from sin. See, that's what the book of Galatians is talking about is your freedom. That's why you got to, that's why I'm going to be teaching Galatians also. The, the book of Galatians is about what? Our freedom. So that's why he said, since you are free from sin, you don't want to live no longer in it. That's what the book of Galatians tell you. The same thing Romans tell you. You got to live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. God set you free. How can you still live in sin? Don't make sense. No, now, if you've been dead with Christ in verse 8, we believe that we should also live with him. So you can't live with him. People still talking about we're going home. We're going home to be the Lord. You ain't going, you're not going no home to be the Lord if, you don't be, if you're not dead to sin. The ways of sin is death. Read the end of the chapter. All right, watch what it says. In verse 9, knowing that Christ being dead, from the, uh, raised from the dead, died no more. Death has no more dominion over him. See, once you die to sin, you, don't, you can't die no more. That is your death, to be dead to sin. Your physical body is going to die. But your spiritual body is alive with God. And when a person gets born of the spirit, his physical body will die. But your soul will not die because you are alive with God. But if you don't have spiritual life, your soul will die in sin. Otherwise, your soul will go with the body. You don't want that, man. The ways of sin is death. And, and it's the soul that sinned. See, we think it's what you did in your, with your flesh. No, it's what your soul did. We got to understand spiritual principles. Find that for me, why the soul that sinners shall die, Ezekiel. All right. Now watch this. Romans chapter number six. We still read it. We'll get that verse in a moment. Romans chapter six. I'm coming, I'm coming to your camera over there in that right corner. Mr. Brazel. Romans chapter six. 
Now watch what it says. Watch what it says in verse 10 again. He that is he that died. Talking about his, died to sin. He died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Once you're dead to sin, now you live to God. That never would change. When the body dies, you still gonna live unto God. Because you, that's, it don't happen one time. Your soul never have to see death again. All right, and verse number 11 says, Likewise reckon you also yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. See, once you're dead to sin, you're alive to God. Say that with me. When you're dead to sin, now I'm alive to God. See, that's what happened in your life. You got to know. You the only one know is your, is your soul dead to sin. Let me show you how you know. After this, write down Romans 8. We'll go there next. And verse 1. All right. We keep going. Now, he's going to tell you in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield yourself members of instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Why? Sin can't have dominion over you if you've already dead. That's what verse 2 was talking about. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? How can we live in sin if we're dead to sin? Verse 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law, you're under grace. See, if you're under grace, and, and that's how you can tell how you're under grace. Sin don't reign in your life no more. Verse 15, now this is where you come in, you can't serve two masters. You know Jesus said you can't serve two masters. He talking about Matthew 6, 24. You can't serve two masters. Can't serve both God and sin is what he was talking about. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? God forbid. Well, I'm under grace now, so I can do what I want to do. God forbid. Otherwise, you are dead to that. How can you sin when you're dead to sin? Let me tell you what dead to sin means. There was a time that I, 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 I lived a life, and that life was when I go into the store, I know what I'm going to do. I went to the lotto. If you, you look at the signs. <clears throat> There are signs of lights that shines on most buildings that sell liquor. Somebody know what the three are? Beer, wine, lotto. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Beer, wine, lotto. Huh? Now, that's why I usually stop. When I go, I stop at the counter. I didn't want no food. All right. But my point is this here, that's where my money was going. But see, the key was, when you come dead to that, you go in the store and you pass by. Come on now, that's, you got to see the whole thing. If you are dead to beer, wine, and lotto, you don't want to see that. It's just like on a commercial on television. If you used to drink beer and play, now they're trying to get you because they, they showing every advertising they can and every one of them trying to get you to, to, to bet, gamble. Don't be deceived. I mean, it's just like everybody, just like pull up their phone like, because then you know you can do this on your phone now. See, don't fall for the devil's lies. That's what you, but everything is to test you, to prove you, to see what's in your heart. Because when you're dead to something, you're dead to it. Whether it's on your phone, on your television, in the store. I got this side over here clapping. Maybe I'll turn on this side. When you're dead to something, you don't, you don't want it. That's how it is. When you're dead to something, you don't want it no more. Okay, now that's what you got to understand. The tests are greater and greater and greater. The more knowledge we have in this earth, the greater the tests. I was talking to my brother, my Ursula back there, my second son. I was talking to him this morning. And one of the things that I talked to him about was how we have changed. There was a time where, where I'm from where we had uh, no phones. When I went to town, which was a crump talk, because a crump is from, we had phone, but it was a party line. 
and a parted line means you can't use the phone in that town if somebody else on the line. So you have to pick, am I right? You pick the phone up, and so I'm talking about somebody can be on the other side of town. They're on the phone. You're going to, oh, hey, man, I want to call. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call back. How many know what I'm talking about? It was a part of the line. It was one line for the whole city. And you got the phone. You're like, oh, you know about on it. Come on, let's go. You know about on the phone. <laughs> and then if somebody want to hear your conversation while you're talking, guess what? Oh, <laughs> y'all got it. You can listen. You can listen to it. I mean, can't you understand if the police really want to find people, all they got to do is pick the phone. And all it, because everybody in the city was on, on the line. It's a part of the line for the whole town. Now, how things have changed. There's a time we had to go outside and turn our own antenna. What no such thing, and you just watch Channel 4, 2, 4, and 7, and what no color? We had a screen you put on there with color. That's how you got your color. But when we want to change the channel, <laughs> Brother Jim and them, they know about this stuff. We went outside. We talked, stop right there, man. Stop right there. It came in. It came in. Stop right there. <laughs> we was at the window. Like, okay, we got to sit. That's it. Stop right there. So if we have to change the channel, somebody got to go out there and change it. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm just saying, look how things have changed. That's my point. So to keep up with a change in generation, you got to change. You got to change. And the way you're going to do it is by faith. And that's why God gave you his faith, his righteousness. He gave you his life so you can not have to be caught up. With the, that's why Paul said, in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech thee therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, with your reasonable services, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. See, when you get transformed into the word, the word never changes. You can handle every situation if you got the word. All right, Romans chapter 6. I got to go. Romans chapter 6, verse, verse 15. Here we go. What then shall we sin because we are not under law, under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether, you, whether it's sin under death or it's obedient to righteousness. So if you obey the word and serve the Lord, then you have life, eternal life. You serve sin, the way of sin is death. That's what he's saying. And in verse 17 says, but God be thanked that you were, somebody said were, we were the servants of sin. But now we have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to us. And he's talking about the new covenant. Being then made free from sin. How you got free from sin? Being then made free. Nobody water baptized you. God saved you from sin. Being made free from sin, you became so he's telling you, God got to deliver you from sin. And when that happened, now you became the servants of righteousness or the servants of God. And it says, let's go down and read verse number 19. But I speak of the manner of men because of your infirmities of the flesh, as you have yielded your members servants of unrighteousness, uncleanness. This is when you wasn't saved. He said, you, you used to yield your members to servants of uncleanness and iniquity, unto iniquity. Now, even now, you, your members, servants of God unto righteousness and holiness. See? For when we were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. See, you can't, you can't, you can't be both. Either you're serving sin or you're serving righteousness. Either you're serving God or you're serving the devil. It's not, it's not, well, you know, I'm right in the middle. Like I told you this morning, purgatory. Now we know what purgatory is. Purgatory was, was founded by this certain church, and they said this is going to be for people who are not good enough to go to heaven. But they're also going to be for folks who are not bad enough to go to hell. So we'll put them there in the middle, put them in purgatory, so we can purgatory them. <laughs> Don't believe in that mess. You'll die and go to hell, man. All right, now. Now, let's, I got a couple of things I want to do. We're done. 
Now, I gave you that. Let's go to Galatia uh, chapter 3, verse 27. Just one verse. Did I give you anything else we're going to? Ezekiel. Uh, now I'm listening. Okay. I didn't ever hear Ezekiel. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 18, right? Hello? Ezekiel chapter 18. I want to show you something, Ezekiel. After Jeremiah, Ezekiel. See, I want to show you, people talk about what the flesh doing. See, you got to understand, there's works of the flesh. Galatia talked about that. But that's not what God's talking about here. He's talking about the soul. So Ezekiel, chapter number 18, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So you got to understand, that's the title of that, that chapter. What verse I want? All right, let's go down and look at verse number 20. It says it all through the whole chapter, I think, huh? And verse 20 said, the soul that sinned, read with me, the soul that sinned, it shall die. The soul that sinned, it shall die. So what is, what is Paul talking about? He's talking about, so when Christ died for our sins, what sins what did he die for? See, you, got, you don't get it. I just read it to you. You got to read and say what the words say. You don't have to even figure it out. Don't try to think. Just repeat what I said. The soul that sinned. So when Christ died for our sins, where were the sins? All right, let's go to Romans chapter 7. That's why I got to get you back to reading the Word. We're going to read the Word this year. You know, I go people telling me, say, man, when are we going to have Bible class? You ain't got two services in yet. <laughs> nah, nah, we went that way. We had Bible class, you at home. Nah, show me you, show me you can come to church for two services. We'll do Bible class. Just show me you can come to church for two cells. That's all you got to do. I'm ready when you're ready. Romans chapter 7. Let's go to verse 14. See, people don't understand. Here we are. We got 10 or 15 or 20 in Bible class. And what are we going to do Bible class? You didn't come to Bible class and we had it. I'm not trying to be mean or nothing. Come to two services. We can have Bible class again. I, I, I don't mind about teaching. All right. Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. Are you there? Waiting on the street. Okay, there we go. For we know that the law is spiritual, but Paul says, I'm carnal. I'm sold under sin. But then it said, verse 15, for that which I do, I lie not. What I do, what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Going to show you what sin is. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that's good. Now then it's no more I that do it. Here it is. That's but sin that dwelleth in me. Where was sin at? I gave Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. I just want my answer back. Sin in the soul. The soul that sinneth. So when Christ died who he died for? He died for your soul. It's your soul who is in jeopardy. Or it's your soul that's saved. It's your soul that's lost. See, the body going, the body just a house your soul live in. See, your body going back to the dirt, regardless of how it get there. Earth to earth, ashes to acid, dust to dust. You're going back. But your soul is what God created in Genesis God created Adam a living what? Soul. And Adam produced souls in the earth. And Christ came and died for our souls. And your soul is who you are. It's a self man. That's why you got to choose whether you want to serve sin or you want to serve God. Now, this is the key. How are you going to serve God and you want to go live with God all of eternity? You want, now, let me put it another way. You want to serve sin all your life on the earth, and then when you die, you want the Lord to take you in. Isn't that something? You want to serve sin all your life in the earth, but then when you die, you're going to last day of your life. Let, Lord, take me in. I need a place to stay. I serve. 
uh, you might have that chance. And you know how good God is. He's a, he's a good, if you, if you believe in him and trust him at the last hour of many in your life, God will take you in. But the key is somebody got to come preach Christ and how many that going to be? Like I told you, I told you this would happen. My dad passed. Oh, I didn't know nothing about the Bible or the Lord. All I could do is rub his head and tell him how bad I feel and what, are you, what was going on back, back in the plantation. That ain't going to save him. And a whole lot of folks talk a lot of trash, but I'm on my bed of affliction. I need to know, are you saved? I want to reach up and get your neck, pull you down. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord? Lead me there. Help me to get saved. And if you don't know the Lord, you can't do nothing but cry and look for a preacher. And you probably won't find one. That ain't going to help you. I'm trying to tell you that all going to happen. When I, was in, when I was in the hospital down there, I, I never forget, the guy came to my room and he came to my room, he had his thing on, he was looking real sanctimoniously and he says, do you need prayer? I couldn't say nothing. I couldn't be rude. I got to walk in love. But I wanted to say, wrong room. <laughs> Man, you feel worse when they leave than you do whatever. You better make sure somebody know the Lord. Somebody say amen. All right, I'm finished reading Romans chapter 7. Watch that. So he told you what sin was. This is not a game. Sin, if you're not saved, sin is in your soul. How you know it's there? You're in Romans chapter 8, next chapter. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not the flesh, but not the spirit. Well, he's going to show you what sin is, how you know it's there. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. So if you got Christ in you, he made you free from the law of sin and death. Can you see how important to have Christ in you? He made you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, for sin. When Christ come inside of your heart, he come in there for sin. He condemned sin in your flesh. He judged the sin that's in you, that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilling us, who walk not the flesh, but not the spirit. Here it is how you know. They that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. That's how you know sin is in you. Verse 5 says, they that are after the flesh, they mind their own things in the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. You, you, you know what, what controls you. So if, you, if your soul is in Christ, your mind is in the spirit. And you don't, you're, especially you come to church, where your mind at? So you got to understand, if you're in Christ, you think spiritually. If you're not in Christ, you don't think spiritually. The next verse said to be carnally minded is death. So you cannot let your mind just be on corner things all the time. You can't stop it. You got to crucify that soul, that mind that's in you, and make sure you put that sin to death that's trying to live in your soul by receiving Christ. The last verse is, is 2, Corinthians, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. That's why I told you we're going to close out with. This is the revelation of Abraham. That's what I say. I'm not going to turn to you. You know the story of Abraham. Read chapter 4 in this church. Read chapter 4. I'm going to talk to this camera. I want you to read chapter 4. Chapter 4 gives you the revelation of Abraham. Why God could not allow Abraham to receive the blessings of the Lord and everything else he promised him. He promised it to him in the book of, of Genesis chapter 12, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 17, chapter 20, 22. All the way through, he kept telling Abraham. And then, then he came to Abraham in chapter 17 and said, walk before me and be thou perfect. What was he teaching us through the story of Abraham? Abraham, you cannot get what I promise you until your flesh is dead. 
Abraham, you got to become dead to sin before you can live for God. So God let him go 25 years and he found out his flesh was still alive. He brought God a son called Enoch. I'm sorry, Ishmael. And God said, no, you can't get your inheritance yet because you, you your flesh ain't there yet. So God let him come on until he was dead. And the Bible said when he was 100, Romans 4, 19. I'm not going to that, but you can read the story. His soul, now, his body was dead to sin. Now Sarah was 90 years old. And so they couldn't get no more children. They were dead. God waited until he was dead to sin. And God made him alive. And when God made him alive, the next year, Sarah had a son. See, you can, whatever God have in your life can be, come forth, but you got to be alive to God to do it. But you can't be alive to God until you first dead to sin. You, you got to be dead to sin. You know what God says? You know what God said to Abraham through his wife? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Now Abraham said, no, no, we're not. she ain't going nowhere. And God said to Abraham, do you want Isaac? See, you got people waiting on their Isaac, but you don't want to, you, you don't want to get rid of Ishmael. You got to, your body got to become dead to sin. See, God don't, don't have any problem of blessing his people as long as they become dead to sin. You cannot be lusting after sin and believing God for what you're praying for. Because if you're you not over Tom, Dick, and Harry, Billy, Bob, Sue, and Carrie, I mean, whatever their names are, if I call your name, I'm not penalizing you. My point is, you got to be overcome. If you get married right now, and that's still going on in your life, you still going to lust for that. Lust don't stop because you get married. Sin got to be crucified. Sin is why Christ went to the cross. This is not a game. You got to die to sin before you can live to God. I say you got to die to your lust of sin. Sin got to be crucified. The body of sin got to go. The spirit of sin must die to you. And now you can live for God. My time is up. I thank you for yours. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that's why you need the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is why you need the gospel. Because you cannot do this without the word. That's why Paul said, Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Only thing can save Paul with the word. When you really get serious with God, God will get serious with you. You got to cast out the bondwoman and her son. You can't have the old man and the new man living in the same house. You got to get rid of Abraham. You got to get rid of the old woman, the old covenant. You got to get rid of the, if you want to operate a new covenant called grace, you got to get rid of the old covenant. How many can see the two women? That's what they're about. First Corinthians 15 said, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sin. That's what he did. The sin was in the soul. Christ died for our soul. Isaiah 53 said he made his soul an offering for our sins. That's an awesome thing. That's why Christ had to come a man so he can have a soul. So his soul could die for your soul. What an awesome thing. I deliver you first of all, Paul says, which I received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried, God raised him from the dead the third day 
according to the scripture. Christ died for our sins. He's already buried in your place. He's already buried the old man, buried our old man, and then raised from the dead a new man, waiting for you for eternity. If you don't receive Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, what he's done for us, you're going to live forever in an old man, an old body of sin and death. God already prepared for you a glorified body. We're going to get to that soon. Is it worth it? For eternity? My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.